Game of the Month podcast. I am Sam, aka Steerbender, and with me once again is the one and only Tristan, aka Lionel Richie. Hey guys, what's hey. up? <laughs> um, what are we going to talk about today? Well, our game of the month is. Uh, sorry, I, I totally drew a blank. Did you there. forget? I did. Yeah, is uh, Super, Super Mario, Mario Odyssey. Odyssey. Uh, and but before we get to that, before we get to that, we are going to talk about what uh, we've been playing and what we're looking forward to uh, coming up, and then we'll we'll talk about the game of the month. Um, also, this is our sixth episode, so we've been Woo. doing this for like actually a little over half a year now. So if you've been yeah. listening since the beginning, thank you very much. Uh, if you're a new subscriber, thank you. Um, we hope you stick around. Um, okay, I, I've been listening since the beginning. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Usually multiple times. Just like a man, you're trying to rush every <laughs> rush into everything. Um, oh, my notebooks, my notebooks aren't loading. Um, but yeah, uh, let's start off with what you've uh, been playing recently. You want to kick us off with one? Me? Yeah. Okay. You want to you want to bounce back and forth on this? Like sure. One, one, one. one. Okay, let's that sounds that. good. Let's change it up a little bit. So ever since uh, what. And I should preface this by saying, I mean, I obviously play a fair amount of video games, but ever since getting the Switch, I have really picked up on uh, on my on my playtime. Yeah, yeah, man, I really I can't put the thing down. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I have kind of played a lot since the last time uh, that we did a show. I'm just gonna pick a few here to like really talk about. Okay. Um, well, one thing. So uh, the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy oh, finally yeah. came out. I was looking forward to that for a very long time. Played it pretty much nonstop for the first couple of days that I had it. Absolutely perfect. Um, it's <laughs> well because it, it's no, no, no. it's kind of funny because like it's it's really untouched. Like I mean, of course they updated the graphics and it looks all nice and fancy and modern now. Yeah. But as far as the actual gameplay goes, like man, it just takes you straight back to what was it, like nineteen ninety eight. I felt really confident going into that, like, but then I totally lost to, it. Um, that was like me trying to introduce the game for the month. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. If you don't have it and you were a fan of it when you were younger, definitely get it. It is super awesome. Um, I have completed the first one i'm like maybe halfway through the second one played a little bit of the third one kind of bounced around a lot but yeah it's super awesome cool yeah i've got i've really only got one real big one that i want to talk about but i'm just so going to start with like a smaller one um dragon's dog dark arisen um i haven't put a whole lot of time into this one but yeah one of my friends has been streaming it recently so i've been like popping into his streams and watching him like play through it some and it's really kind of got me itching to play it again it is uh it's it's probably my favorite game and i think i've said wow. that before but um it's like your all-time favorite yeah game. man yeah. it's just it's just good fun okay. um one of the things that i really love about it is so it's 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 a obviously a fantasy rpg style um it is like action-based combat though it came out about a year after um skyrim and i was getting sick of skyrim at that point um for a number of reasons but one of them was the combat and so this has got like skill-based combat so like um you've got just regular light and heavy attacks and then you've got uh like special attacks like um helm splitters and like charges and like all kinds of really cool stuff 
Um, and the other one of the other things I like about this game is you like start off really weak, whereas Skyrim things kind of level with you. And in it, you start off like you can kind of get your ass kicked even by like a simple goblin. Uh, but then by the end of the game, you know, you're just rolling through stuff. So, um, and it, it, it's got a lot of like little kind of hidden underlying systems that like, unless you played the game really like an exorbitant amount, uh, and probably over multiple characters, you would never notice. Obviously with the internet, that's that information is more readily available, but, um, things like character customization actually having an effect on how much you can carry or how quickly you regenerate stamina and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's just got a lot, bunch of like little attention to detail kind of things that I feel like just like take it over the top for me. So um, I haven't put a whole lot of time in, but uh, I've been enjoying getting back into it. It is really interesting because uh, what you were talking about with how, you know, you kind of get your ass kicked in the beginning. Um, and you mentioned Skyrim. I'm, I promise I'm not going to get into the whole Elder Scrolls <laughs> thing, but it really reminds me of uh, of Morrowind. And oh, like yeah. how when you start out, like, you know, you are nobody and like mm-hmm. even the cliff racers will just destroy you um in just a couple of hits and they really kind of lost that and i feel like both oblivion and skyrim yeah but you're only allowed to get tired of skyrim if you bought it more than twice uh and i don't think that i don't think that's how that works no i mean you can only listen to the same you know two voice <laughs> actors say the same six lines so many times fair enough <laughs> Uh, what what's what else for you? So I also picked up Sonic Mania, and I did not realize that Sonic Mania Plus uh, was coming out um, <laughs> fairly soon. Um, but I, I I got just the the digital download on the Switch, and uh, I have to say, like I I could really probably do an entire show about Sonic Mania in and of itself because there are a lot of things that I really like about it, but there are also a lot of things that I felt like they were kind of phoning it in. Mm. Um, Sega, I mean, Sonic Team was involved with Sonic Mania, but Sonic or Sega did their their kind of their own new Sonic game, new 2D Sonic game, just a couple of years ago, Sonic the Hedgehog Four. Um, yeah. Which honestly, I liked a little bit more than than Sonic Mania. I know that there's a lot of people that would hang me for saying that, but um, get the rope, boys. Sonic the Hedgehog Four had like I just feel like it had a little bit more imagination to it i feel like it was kind of more pushing the series forward rather than where sonic mania is just really kind of rehashing mm-hmm. um yeah. it's, it's it's heavy on the fan service which isn't a bad thing um i did actually like that they went back to you know classic 16-bit graphics that's really cool um but i gotta say even though it's a great game sonic the hedgehog 4 is much better than sonic mania hmm. Interesting. I haven't played either one, but uh, it's still interesting to hear you talk about it because I feel like even like, I don't know, some of like the Th- Sonic games that came out even, I don't know, like 10 years ago. Like it, yeah. They got like, I just feel like it got really derivative really fast with Sonic, you know? Well, and, um, unfortunately, no, I guess. I mean, like, I don't know what else to say, but yeah, it's just like when it came out, it was like the shit. And then like it just kind of didn't hold up, you know? Well, I mean... I mean, obviously, like, you know, you have Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, and those were, like, a pretty big kind of detraction, I guess, from, you know, right. classic Sonics. And, right. and, and 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 they did pretty well. But, like, any time they kind of tend to go back to, like, the 2D side-scrolling thing, I, it always seems to feel like almost the exact, you know what I mean? I mean... And that's not necessarily all bad, but, like, it almost feels like the levels are, the, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels derivative. Is 
is all. So there have really only been, I feel like, a handful, maybe even just like two or three side-scrolling games beyond, uh, of course, the original Genesis titles mm-hmm. that were that were really, I guess, worthy. Um, curiously enough, one of them is a completely obscure Sonic game, uh, Sonic Pocket Adventure on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of the best Sonic games that there is. The what? <laughs> that's 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 another show um (laughs) and then of course sonic rush on the nintendo ds absolutely fantastic game um and then i mean you know kind of right on up to uh sonic 4 and sonic mania but yeah it's 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 weird i feel like i feel like a lot of those titles get a lot of undeserved hate yeah a lot of people really hate sonic heroes i thought sonic heroes was a great game um i actually recently was playing it just a little bit like maybe a couple of weeks ago, still feel like it's a good game. I mean, nothing's going to live up to Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, but um, yeah. Not I, with that attitude. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like the hate from the Sonic community is not really warranted. Mm. That's just my Fair opinion, enough. Though. Fair enough. Um, I'm looking at my My list is really short for some reason here. Oh, I do have another one. Um, so I do want to talk about uh, Quake Champions. We are both very, very... Big fans of Quake Three Arena, yeah, man. Um, especially on that Dreamcast, baby, <laughs> <laughs> with well, the keyboard and mouse w- attachment. No, no, just the regular, just the controller. Yeah, oh, that was man. actually one of like that. That game was probably like the perfect game for that controller because it didn't have two analog sticks; it only had one. So you use the one to aim, and then you had the four buttons on the right hand side, and you use those just to walk around. So it was right. like really easy to strafe and like use two buttons to like round corners kind of you know like funny and yeah like it was it was it was just mm, it was good and then i guess one of the triggers was jump question mark it's been too long and that's probably that's got almost got to be right i feel like i mean almost if, has if you were to using be. the buttons to steer then yeah, yeah it would have to be unless unless it was on the d-pad but that would be really weird um because then you wouldn't be able to aim yeah that would be like like some Nintendo 64 but controller. Anyways, shit. so so Quake Champions is is they just had what was that Quake Live right a couple years ago and I don't know I never, I never really heard it. much about it and I never played it so I can't really talk about it but Quake Champions to me feels is definitely I mean it's weird I, obviously I guess it's a Quake game so it should feel like a, a Quake game but it it, right. it definitely like goes the kills the arena route they're all basically arena shooters so <laughs> anyways um it, it feels a lot it feels a lot like um like quake 3 for me which is which is a good thing and yeah. there's even um actually i think there's only really one map that they have available at the moment because it is early access i guess that that is from quake 3 which is a shame but it's one of the it's one of the better maps that was like the first map that i played on the first couple games and i was just i was in heaven Tell them the truth. You were playing against bots. I was I was playing against bots. That's why I learned after the <laughs> fact because they don't denote bot um, for the bots that they put in the matches. They just have like set names for these different uh, bots that you fight against, and they'll fill matches with them. But the first couple matches, apparently, they just face you up against bots. I was totally dominating, and then I started playing real players, and I was dominating a little bit less. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, my first day was probably the best day I had playing it. Yeah, just like in terms of how I was performing. So, um, but I mean, you've got rocket launcher, you've got lightning gun, you've got the rail gun, you've got just the classic stuff. There is a nail gun, which wasn't, I don't believe in, um, 
in Quake 3. I think it might be in some of the other ones. Yeah, was it? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure the rail gun was in Quake 3. No, no, no. The nail gun. Oh, the nail, nail gun. gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. in the original Quake. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, and I've seen it in some other, you know, Quake-esque, you know, right. like uh, stuff. So um, there's a tri-rocket launcher, which is Ooh. like weird. Um, it It's it's a very interesting game. So it is it is all online. It's all mo- online multiplayer. It's a little weird. It, it's kind of um, trying to get in on the like hero shooter market. So you start off with a single character and they each character has their own special ability and then like you play through the tutorial and you like unlock a second one and then the rest of them you can either like buy a champions pack or you can it will take a while but you can save up um favor which you just gain for playing the game and the better you play in a match the more you get you can eventually unlock additional heroes with that so not having like the whole hero pool and then not just all playing exactly the same is definitely a change of pace from um, Quake 3, but um, and I, it works pretty well. Um, I, I think maybe I'm just not as good as I think I am, but like <laughs> there were definitely times when it was like, okay, why didn't, you know, this either rocket or um, or why didn't this like skill kill that? guy you know and right. then you turn around and you're and you're fragged so quick <laughs> um so that yeah it, it it did get a little frustrating for me but um i mean i think i think they're on the right path i guess right. so i mean i haven't played it yet but what you're describing i mean that that sounds pretty much like quake it's, yeah i mean it's like it's like online shooter quake so right. like you get the fun of quake with the frustration of online shooters <laughs> but yeah the, the the skills were really cool so i really wanted to play visor he's kind of my favorite from quake 3 just because of his weird ass right. skin and model and stuff um but his uh his special ability i don't have him yet is um you can like look at all their stuff and then there's unlockable cosmetics and things too um shaders for weapons and all sorts of stuff um i'm getting really far deep into this um <laughs> But uh, his, his particular skill is uh, like um, Widowmakers. Oh, okay. Where it's basically wall hacks, so you can see people through walls. So. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I need to stop because I could actually probably talk a long time about this. Well, I mean... It, it was it, good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really need to pick it up. Um, we've been talking about playing it quite a bit, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Because, I mean, you know, honestly, I've, I feel like I've kind of been waiting for a new Quake for a long time. But yeah. at the same time, man, like... I still enjoy playing Quake Three, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's it's just, just something so about it. <laughs> it really is. It was something about it. Um, as far as uh, as far as I go, um, let's see. What else have I been playing? Well, I don't want to get into that because uh, <laughs> that's that's coming up. Spoiler alert. Um, do, do we want to just say it? Let's just say we've already picked our game for the next month. So we're not just picking it on the fly, and we'll leave it at that. You know, let's just uh, leave it at. Oh, that. we're just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. You can you can expand a little later. Okay. I'll expand. Uh, but later. a little bit because we're doing it next we're month. Right. So we're right. <laughs> so um, another thing that I've been playing is uh, something that just kind of randomly came to the Switch. Um, it's called Hiroki. It was actually originally like a, like an iOS game, hmm. um, but it was it was interesting because it was like the first sega kind of new mascot kind of guy like to come out in a really long time and it was actually a really fun game i mean it it was it's simple 
but it's still actually pretty good and it actually is even better on the switch i always felt like it kind of deserved a little bit more attention it's it's kind of like a weird cross between this is going to be kind of deep but nights, <laughs> nights into dreams on sega saturn um it's like a cross between that and and like kind of just a platformer sort of thing um really fun game it's super cheap um if you've got a switch or if you've got you know an ipad or something like that pick it up how do um, you spell that it's h-e-r-o-k-i oh, okay that's easy and the, and and i'm pretty sure that that's the way it's pronounced but you know but if not you never know um, too bad too bad <laughs> do you have anything else uh yeah i want to talk about one okay. more um it's a game i i'm not it's probably on steam i didn't i didn't actually look but i bought it on gog which by the way if you're not using gog you really should because it's you awesome should, because and you can take your games anywhere and yeah. there's no drm on them um, it's a better choice it's, it's the right choice it's it's just a better choice they don't have as many games admittedly but uh it's called ziggurat so it's it's a it's a rogue light um it reminded me uh, i have a friend who plays um or played i don't know if he's played as much lately um a crap ton of binding of isaac so oh, okay. there's like you know these set room designs or whatever but they're just kind of procedurally put together and the story with ziggurat is but but this one's first person so it's like a first person shooter roguelite with magic so it's all you're you're like a wizard apprentice trying to get into this like elite group or whatever and their final test is to send all their acolytes or whatever into the ziggurat and whoever okay. comes out at all <laughs> basically or alive maybe i should say um gets to join the order or whatever so you start off with like a magic wand and i yeah on the very first level you always start off in the safe room of course um but they uh there's always like an additional weapon there so there's wands and then there's um spells uh scepters and alchemical weapons so there's four slots total but only three of them you get to change okay um and then, yeah, you just move through these rooms and you kill waves of uh, bad guys in them. And then once you've cleared the room, you move on to the next one, etc. As you level up, you get to pick from, they give you like cards to choose from. So you, you have two, two cards you can choose from and they do different things. So right. you know, it shows you what they are. You get to pick, you know, things like uh, breaking items uh, grants health. So there's like barrels and stuff that are scattered around levels. You break those, you get health, or you know, you increase your mana pools for your three other weapons, that sort of thing. So as you, and then there's like treasure rooms and stuff too, so you can get additional cards and stuff that way. So as you like move through the levels, you you know get these additional enhancements or whatever, and more weapons. You can only carry one of each kind at a time, but um, you can, yeah, you can pick up better ones or things you think might be better suited for something. And there's five. I think levels total. Um, and then after, at that point, like if you beat the final boss, there's like a million different characters you can play the game through. So you start off with like two and they're very, very similar. But then like as you kill X amount of enemies, you unlock an additional character. When you beat the game once, you unlock an additional character. And then they have different stats. So like smaller mana pools, but more powerful attacks or mm. et cetera, et cetera. So, okay. um, Art style was pretty, I mean, generic, I guess, really, overall. The enemies were, were interesting, though. There was a variety. And then you unlock additional spells and stuff, too, weapons. So, like, okay. the more you play it, the more items you'll potentially have at your disposal. But interesting. It was it was really fun. I enjoyed it. I, I, think, I, I think I got it for free during 
some kind of sale thing. It was like spend ten bucks and get cigarette free. So, uh, yeah, I played it and I really enjoyed it. Actually, it was cool. It actually sounds really interesting. I might have to check that out. I can lend you a copy. Oh, okay. Because I the, bought it on GOG. It's the magic of GOG. Dear GOG, if you would like to sponsor this podcast, uh, that'd be great. Actually, this podcast is sponsored by the Evans Vandenberg well, Public Library System. Sponsored is, <laughs> is a strong word. They're no. hosting us today. But we thank you for EVPL for uh, giving us this lovely study room yeah. to uh, nerd out in. It's a little echoey. And just slightly. The walls are thin, but that's okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what you looking forward to? Or do you got another thing? I have thing? not finished yet. Oh, Excuse I'm sorry. Me. I'm sorry. So the other game I've been playing is uh, is Disgaea Five on the Nintendo Switch. I thought you. Oh no, that was, you told me that earlier. <laughs> I told you that, man. Come on, man. I am so sorry. Man. All right. Um. Anyway, Disgaea Five. Um. JRPG. This is actually the first Disgaea game that I've played. Um. But really, within the first twenty minutes, I was I was totally hooked. It's a good game, um, and and it's super fun having it on the Switch. I love you know switching back Switch. I love you're, going you're, back you're, and you're, forth you're. between <laughs> the TV and and handheld mode on it. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good RPG. I mean, it's not without you know sort of the like Japanese anime stigma sort of thing, but sure. Otherwise, um, it's it's super fun. If you've never played any of the Disgaea games and you like JRPGs definitely pick it up it's actually one of the cheaper games on the switch um interestingly enough if you get the physical copy which is what i did it's 39.99 okay if you get it from the e-shop it's the full 60 bucks that a normal switch game is. that is dumb so that's pretty dumb um but yeah i actually liked it so much that it was i uh, bought two <laughs> <laughs> well i bought both copies i went ahead and spent the 60 on the e-store too well, even more than that, it was it was kind of what finally pushed me to get a uh, a PS Vita. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, in 2018. Yeah, um, yeah that's but, a that's a thing. Do you yeah. have a PS4 to remote play with that? Or? I don't. No. Oh, okay. No, I I, <laughs> I haven't had. Uh, I've actually had a PlayStation system since uh, I did have a PS3 for a while, like way back in like maybe 2008. Or so, um, but yeah. So way back ten whole years ago, I do I do have to talk about the Vita a little bit, okay? Because I'm a, I'm actually I'm really liking it a lot. Um, I've been playing Disgaea three on it, um, and then of course you know you can play like a whole bunch of PlayStation one games. You can play like pretty much the entire PSP library on it. Yeah. Um, so I've been really having a lot of fun with it. It's a solid system and I've been really surprised, um, kind of at the quality of not only just like the Vita games themselves, but of the hardware and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the I hardware did, is really cool. The hardware is really amazing. I mean, the touch plate on the back is like kind of a like mind blown kind of thing. It is. Yeah. I, I'm actually really looking forward to getting a uh, little deviance because I understand that that has a lot of, uh, of, what should I call this rear touchpad? I think it's called in settings. So I'll, I'll go yeah, with that rear touchpad, rear touchpad interaction. So I'm excited to try that. Um, it's just a really solid system. Like I, I, I really like it a lot. The only thing that I've been disappointed by is, um, and I, and I really thought that Sony would learn, would have learned this with the PSP, huh. but nobody is interested in their bullshit proprietary <laughs> fucking memory cards. Like, uh, like, are you oh, kidding me? Oh, does it me? have proprietary memory cards? Yes. 
Oh. Yes, and 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 still in 2018, a 64 gig PS Vita memory card will run you over a hundred dollars. That's ridiculous. And when you consider that micro SD cards are what would that maybe 20 bucks for a 64 gig, maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe 25. Depends. Anyway, you gotta get them on sale, but yeah, you could get them for 20 for sure. So when you consider that, I mean, it's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I say that like I bought. A- <laughs> A micro SD card recently, which is not the case. But you know, it's 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 the same attitude that is keeping people that own a PS4 from playing, you know, games like Fortnite and Rocket League and whatnot with their friends that have other yeah. systems. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is 2018. We are, you know, well, with these games that are, you know, we're going with the kind of this games as a service sort of model. It's really time that everybody should just be able to pick their own system and be able to play play the with th- each other. The thing with like Fortnite and all that, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into this. <laughs> cause, I know because we could go. On I for opened hours. a can of worms. I'm sorry, but like the thing, the thing with the thing with Sony and the PlayStation Four in particular is that they have basically all the market share on consoles right now, so they don't need. They, I mean, like they're not gonna. It's not gonna help them sell anymore consoles by doing it whereas like the switch and the xbox or whatever playing nice that could help them potentially like sell some more consoles right if they could like play if i could play fortnite on my xbox and you play on your switch like you know that i mean you know because maybe the switch is more interesting to you but i've already got an xbox but we really want to play fortnite together I don't want to play Fortnite. I'm I'm just not a fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fun to watch. It is a lot of fun to watch, but I, I it's it's not for me. I will go through short bursts with it. I mean, it's not like my favorite game ever. It's just I mean, that's like what everybody's got the beef about. So that's yeah. that's why I had to bring it up. Yeah, but I mean, the it, from a business standpoint, like there's no incentive really for them doing it other than it's basically bad PR not to. So Right. And and I mean, and I do understand that they're not necessarily really going to gain anything from doing it, but Sony does kind of have a reputation of having a, a little bit of a, a, a cunty mentality well, when it comes to this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is, it is funny because like they've definitely played up like the, we're here for, you know, right. we're gamers friends things in recent years, especially when uh, Xbox one and PS4 were announced and, you know, PS4 was, had to be online only and, you know, you couldn't share, you know, uh, a disc was tied to a specific right. console, a you know, specific system or whatever, and you couldn't just share games or whatever. And then Sony was like, here's how you share games with PS4. And they <laughs> hand the disc from one guy to another, you know what I mean? Right. So they, they, I think they need to pick a camp, I guess, you know, like, I, I, they, I don't think, you know, they need to do it to save face or anything, but, you know, like, okay, are you really... Oh, we understand your business, but are you really like looking out for your consumers or are you really just trying to make money? And I mean, obviously they're just trying to make money, but you know, I mean, you know what I mean? And and it's not even a personal, what I'm putting down. It's not a personal gripe for me because like I said, I mean, the Vita is the first PlayStation console that I've owned. Yeah. Um, you know, in probably at least a decade. Um, it's just like, you know, as somebody who, you know, I, I don't really have a bias one way or the other. I mean, you know, I generally tend to gravitate towards Nintendo and PC, but you know, I, I, I would never rule out, you know, owning a PS4 or whatever the next system is yeah. or anything like that. I mean, I certainly, you know, played enough PlayStation when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's how else were you going to get Crash Bandicoot when you were younger, yeah, you know? True. Um, but it's just, 
I don't know. It just it really rubs me the wrong way. It it's because see, here's the thing: is like what you know, they, they are the kings of this generation. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, and and they have earned it, rightfully so, after blundering a little bit with the PlayStation Three. But you're not making any friends by doing that, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Rant over. We need to. Yeah. We need to, get we need off to move that topic, on. But. So. What are you looking forward to? I can I, I'm gonna start this one off. You go ahead. Um, this is a weird one for me. I don't have I didn't write anything down ahead of time, so I'm trying to pick up a couple things real quick. But um No Man's Sky next, which is just like okay. their like most recent patch or whatever. Right. I mean, basically from everything that I've read, it's basically making No Man's Sky both what the developer promised at launch and what consumers expected at launch um, okay because you know i mean like you know they said you'd be able to like find other players or whatever and then that wasn't really a thing but now i guess you can like party up and stuff and i mean i don't know it just sounds like especially in in addition especially to like all the other upgrades right. that they've made over the past however many years i don't know when that came out to be honest with you um it it just it sounds like it's really ready to be played now, if that makes sense. Like you and I could both get it and we could just jump in and fly around together and explore the universe and like it'd be I'm sure kind of Minecrafty, you know, there's space building and all that kind of stuff now, but like it just sounds like it would really be a lot of fun now. Here's my problem. It already sounded like it would be a lot of fun, and then I bought it, and then I couldn't even launch it on the first day <laughs> I had it, so I returned it. Um, I mean, I am all for giving No Man's Sky another shot. It just seemed like it was such an amazing game, uh, you know, leading up to its release. I, I wanted it so bad. They they really hyped it. They really they overhyped it. I think, and I think that that was probably part of the problem. And I, I think mean, that's the, probably the well that and and then how they dealt with the backlash, I think is yeah is yeah. is really like the the biggest problem with it. Um, it, it, it was kind of like it was kind of like Spore like many yeah. years ago. It was supposed to be just this absolutely amazing game. I mean, they built it up as high as they possibly could, and there was just no way that it could live up to it. Yeah, you know, maybe now it can. Well, and yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like now, it it really sounds like this is this is not only what they told us that they were gonna do, but also like you know, because obviously you can't tell people everything you're putting in the game, right? But also what people wanted when when it first came out. So, sure. so yeah, I mean it it sounds. I don't know that I'll pick it up, but it does sound really cool, and I'm interested to see um, just some more stories and stuff out of uh, come out of it. So yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yeah. Okay. Oh, am I am I up? Uh, okay. I can go again if you want. Well, um, I actually really don't have a whole lot that I kind of haven't already mentioned I've like got, in past episodes. I've got one more that I want to talk about. Why don't you go ahead? Can we go ahead? Yeah, okay. you go ahead. Darksiders 3 is uh, now available for pre-order. I am so looking forward to this. Um, I played, he says with a sultry voice. I played Darksiders. I played the first Darksiders, I don't know, a couple of years ago probably. And, um, man, it's just, uh, it honestly, it, it kind of played like, like a legend of like a, like Ocarina of time, you know, like you're moving through all these different zones and you're collecting these different, uh, like skills or like power ups or whatever that lets you get to the next area, etc. And the combat was, um, more of, uh, 
no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe. It's just kind of a beat 'em up, I guess. But uh, the combat was really good, and it was just a lot of fun. And then I've played through since. I've played through Darksiders 2. I think I picked Darksiders 2 up very shortly after finishing Darksiders 1 because I enjoyed it that much. Darksiders 2 was a little bit different, a little more RPG elements to it, a lot more backtracking in that one. Uh, Darksiders 1 was very much like very linear, like just kind of go, go, go. Not that you didn't come back through some areas, but there wasn't like a lot of backtracking. And now, finally, years and years later, because that those were... I believe it was Vigil Games and THQ Nordic. Um, or just take, it may have just been THQ. I don't know. Either way, um, finally, many years later, we're getting the third Horseman of the Apocalypse, um, Fury, in Darksiders 3 to play. And yeah, I'm just super excited. We don't know a whole lot about her. She's got like a chain whip. And apparently she's like very like magic focused. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excited i i am interested to see like what exactly that's gonna be because it actually has been like quite a few years because i got darksiders 2 in 2012 when the wii u came out like so it's been it's been a long time yeah yeah it's been a long time well i think vigil uh actually went under oh did they and i think thq was in trouble too so okay it's kind of just been a thing of getting Mostly, I guess, THQ kind of somewhere steady or someone to buy them out and yeah. get the rights for it and then actually make a game. So Okay, okay. But yeah, we're there. Soon. That's 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 it for me. Okay. Do you have anything? Um, so for me, um, I mean, there are, there are some games that I am looking forward to. Um, they are porting Titan Quest uh, to the Switch later this oh. month, actually right at the end, uh, July 31st. Nice. So that should be pretty good. I mean, it's... I always like Titan Quest. It's kind of Diablo-y in a way, um, but with kind of a more like, like I said, both fantasy titles. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Very good game. Um, I will probably pick it up if the price is right. I'm actually kind of looking forward to... That makes me miss Bob Barker. (laughs) You miss Bob Barker? What's wrong with Drew Carey? Bob was just the man, dude. I'm not saying Drew is bad. Do you always spay a new to your pets? Yeah. I see. I just can't look at Bob Barker after watching Happy Gilmore. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> definitely casts him in a different light. A but bit. I mean, you know, he's on TV all. You got. He's got to get. You know, that sort of stuff out of his system somehow. So is he still alive? No. Oh, he's not. Why? Why do you think he doesn't host the show anymore? Oh, did he die? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Damn it, asshole! I thought he just retired. No, he's gone. Oh, okay. He's left us. Whoops. Anyways, carry <laughs> on. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm kind of interested to see like what the gameplay is going to be like for uh, Code of Princess on the Switch. It's like a it's it's, it's a beat 'em up, um, okay. but it's okay. like a fantasy beat 'em up. It actually looks like it might be pretty fun. Um, so we'll see that again at the end of the month on July 31st. That's coming out. Um, what else do we have here? Um, of course, I mean, I'm still looking forward to Mega Man 11. Mm-hmm. Um, that's coming in October. I, did I, did I talk about that the last time? I can't remember. What, Mega Man? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you did. Okay. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize we were whispering. Yeah. We're trying to keep it a secret. Okay. Sorry. Um, now that I'm super into Disgaea, Disgaea 1 Complete is coming out, um, on, on October 9th for the Switch. So that should be pretty good too. They'll never guess. 
Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that the the new kind of like, well, I don't want to say Star Foxy because Star Fox is in it, but um, Starlink Battle for Atlas, the new. I think was it Ubisoft? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I haven't heard of this one. Um, so it's a new like kind of space combat sort of game um, for the Switch. Okay, I'm like, it's not Star Fox. It's not Star Fox. Okay, but. Star Fox is in it. Yeah. Cameos. He's like a playable character. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a Star Fox game. It looks really, really good. They showed, uh, they did like a preview for it at E3. Um, I don't think I've really seen anything else since then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that actually looks like it's going to be pretty good. I had some notes from watching the E3 stuff, but I don't know if I what I did with them. Yeah. I mean, there were there were some stuff we could have talked about. There, were, there were some stuff. There there were some stairs. <laughs> yeah. Mostly. I, I won't uh, worry about it. Mostly Starfield. Starfield. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see much about Starfield. Well, there's not really I much think, to see about Starfield. I think that but was like on my iffy list. It really? Like, it was like, this could be good, but I don't know enough yet. I mean, it's a Bethesda game, so we can kind of assume that it's going to be like. That it's going to have. It's going to be Elder Scrolls in space. At least probably three voice actors that we're very familiar probably with. Probably three voice actors, yeah. One of them's going to be David Hayter this time. Yeah. That's and all we know. That's all we know, yeah. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? David Hayter's not really going to be a voice actor oh, in Starfield. You lied to me. Do you even know who David Hayter is? Solid Snake, man. Come on. Oh, yeah. See, I have not played any of those games. So, Oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> Are you ready? Super Smash Brothers. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not looking forward to Super Smash Brothers? Raise your hand right now. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. You can put your hands down. Uh, okay, so it's let's time. talk about Super Mario Odyssey. All right. Um, I'll be honest. I was playing through it, and I... Really did not like, did Start not like it. Off with the I downer. I did not like it. Like I was playing through it, and I yeah, I'm, and I maybe part of it was like I was really trying to like get through it, but I yeah, I just didn't like it. And then I ended, and then I finished the game, and I was like, you know what, that was pretty good. Okay. So I I'm really like mixed because like I still feel like there's a lot of stuff in this that is not good. Right. But I feel like the overall journey and stuff and the product is. Is solid, if okay. that makes any sense. Okay. Most of these are very negative notes that I have, but I thought it was okay in the end. Like I didn't enjoy playing it, but I but I liked it. <laughs> As if that makes sense. That sounds so great. <laughs> Sorry, I need to get that out of the way. I mean, I figured this was gonna be a really interesting episode because I figured you were probably gonna be like, "Dude, this is like the best Mario I've played in forever." Which I mean. It's been a while since we've really had a Mario game like this, so it has. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, what are your general uh, general thoughts? Well, um, and then we'll start getting to some specifics. So, I mean, <laughs> some of my earliest—I I, want to say this all the right way. <laughs> some of my earliest uh, gaming memories were uh, the day that I got my Nintendo sixty-four, playing mm. Super Mario sixty-four. Um, honestly, that is, I, I would go as far to say that Super Mario 64 is a staple of my childhood. 
Okay. I absolutely adored that game and poured countless, countless hours into it. And then... I put a lot of time into that one, too. Yeah. And I don't then think I, I ever beat it, but I put really? a lot of time into it. Yeah. I got to a certain point. It was like I just hit a, I just hit a wall. I just couldn't, couldn't get any farther. Okay. Okay. And then I poured about as much time into Super Mario Sunshine when mm-hmm. it came mm-hmm. out, which is one of my all-time favorite games. I mean... Fuck you if you have anything bad to say about <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine because that is a perfect, perfect game. Um, and, and then real, and then the same with Super Mario Galaxy. Um, actually, not so much with Super Mario Galaxy Two. I thought the original was better, and and even Super Mario 3D Land or 3D World. Sorry, on on the Wii U, which was a, a in departure from the 3D Mario formula. Yeah. Um, but still a really great game. So you know, Super Mario Odyssey for me. I was going into it with very, very high expectations. Yeah. And honestly, for me, it met them. Um, I thought it was an absolutely fantastic game. Um, I had so much fun playing it. I'm still having fun playing it. There's definitely some things that they have, that they've changed and they've tweaked and, you know, they've kind of taken, you know, some of the best from this and some of the best from that. And, you know, even thrown like some of the stuff from, you know, some of the changes that they made in Super Mario 3D World into Super Mario Odyssey. Um, but I think in the end, I mean, I think it ends up being really, really good and really a perfect game for the Switch. See, I think I think expectations maybe is part of why I didn't like it. It was like everybody loved, loved, loved this game. Right. And was like, this is so, you know, it's like, and and so I went in like thinking, oh man, I'm just gonna absolutely love this game, right? And then it didn't happen, and so I think that just kind of like made it like it just like was the first domino, I guess. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, okay. So I do want to. I'm just gonna start going through my list. I, I won't go through all of them. You know, feel free to stop me. But the uh, the Joy-Con controls, the, the the motion controls, the required motion controls for this game is really fucking stupid really fucking stupid because if you're playing with it in like tablet mode or whatever they're really difficult to do and granted you know grant i guess the motion controls aren't required per se but to like do some of the like attacks or some of the things that make the game a lot easier you have to use them and i think that's a mistake I never once the entire time I was playing this game used the motion controls. See, I started using some of them because there's okay. one where like you throw the hat all the way like around you in a circle. And so if you're surrounded by enemies, it's a really good way to get out of a jam. It's incredibly hard to do when you're playing with the Switch in handheld mode. Now, if you're playing with it in the dock and with the Joy-Cons, it's way easier. You can do it with the Pro Controller as well. Not as easy, but still easier than trying to like shift this whole tablet around to do this weird motion control thing. So like, and, and, and some of them are really simple. Like just shake the Joy-Con or whatever when you, when you, th- when you throw it and the hat will stay out there and it'll like auto attack anything that like is nearby. Like if you don't actually hit the enemy you're trying to hit, just shake the Joy-Con and it'll go and hit the guy. You're talking you're talking about this one, right? That one, yeah. Okay. Oh, you can just spin and do that one? Yeah. Okay. Well, see, none of that is explained in the game though. It's not. Okay, so I'll be honest with you. 
I I had to recall my my Super Mario Sunshine <laughs> memories from a childhood. Um, from a childhood. <laughs> from a childhood. From a childhood. Not mine. Someone else's. <laughs> but no, seriously. So that spin jump that is something like that is like a staple of Super Mario Sunshine. Okay. And using flood and whatnot. So like I can see where, you know, you don't automatically like kind of think of that if you haven't, if you're not like, if you haven't played it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, you can just like spin and spin the joystick. Yeah. I mean, that's cool, but it would have been nice to like have that explained somewhere in the game. No. And, and and they do, I, I think it is probably a little bit of a mistake that they seemingly kind of push uh, the motion controls a lot harder than they do just like the standard, you know, the, the way that everybody grew up playing video games. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, again, I don't mind having the option, but like, again, not, not being able to like find a way just like through the menus or whatever to do stuff like that, I think is, is a mistake basically. So right. overall, really when I was playing through the game, I felt like the controls were pretty sloppy. I'm going to be honest. And I think part of it's just like, that's kind of the way Mario games are, right? He doesn't just turn like around immediately. You know, he's got a little bit of a turning circle and stuff like that. You know, he doesn't stop, you know, he does like a little, I don't know, but they just didn't feel like as responsive as I wanted. I felt like I was running into enemies or like hopping over enemies that I didn't, I wasn't trying, I was trying to hop on enemies and I was hopping over enemies and I just couldn't like get my brain around like how weird I guess the movement was. And then sometimes they've like in particular with like the, the little rocket flowers, I felt like they were overly sensitive, which kind of makes sense. Cause you're moving real fast or whatever, but right. like, uh, yeah, there was like one of those, um, some like little challenge area or whatever with, with the thing where you had to like grab them and run through like this obstacle course or whatever. And you had, it was like, um, over water so you had to like continually grab the little things and i just it yeah i i tried it like two or three times and i was like no <laughs> and i was i was i was much more furious than i sounded there <laughs> but yeah okay now i i i have to disagree a, a little bit not not completely um i will say that super mario odyssey the controls are not as tight as you would normally come to expect from a mario game yeah i would say that i mean whether it's 3d mario or whether it's you know super mario brothers or something like that they have always been at least in my opinion games that have easily the most the most tight precise controls uh really of any game like yeah because i i think it's essential to playing a Mario game, uh, to have, you know, extremely tight controls. I don't think that the ones in Odyssey are, are, you know, up to the same standard, I guess, yeah, um, okay. as, as, you know, sunshine or galaxy, um, or even 64. Um, but I, but I still think that, you know, I never had any problems playing the game. Like, yeah, it feels different than the other 3d Mario games, but, it was it was similar enough that you know going into it you know it was like riding a bike it's like okay you know I'm playing 3D Mario yeah. here we go yeah well and I can I think yeah that that may be part of it it's like just not quite there and so like I'm expecting like okay you know because like you know I the probably the first thing I did was do like a triple jump you know because I'm like oh yeah this is classic you know from N64 you know jump once jump again when you hit the ground jump again when you hit the ground you do like the super jump or whatever like okay yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it just not being like quite there, 
maybe is what like you know i think if it was like a lot different like my brain could have like worked out like how to adjust to that yeah but it was like just different enough that it was like yeah weird that's my guess anyways stars are better than moons okay agreed wtf is this nintendo i mean granted okay like it's a new game and you know whatever but did they have moons in in uh galaxy i think it was stars and galaxy it was stars and galaxy it was shine sprites and sunshine it's been stars yeah, it's it's pretty much always been stars. Here's the thing. So I had like this kind of like I was I was I loved playing the game, but I had this like nervous ache in the pit of my stomach because I was like is this game too easy? Is it too easy? Am I am I am I challenging myself? Is this you yeah. know, am I am I playing the game or am I just kind of like, you know, going through it? Yeah. No, I I agree with that too. I definitely felt like um a lot of the moons are very, very easy to get. Too easy to get. But then I realized something. There are, because I mean, in, at the most, um, at least I'm pretty sure it was the same thing with Galaxy, but in uh, in Super Mario 64, you had 120 stars. Mm-hmm. In uh, Super Mario Sunshine, I can't remember if it was 100 or 120, um, but that's you know, kind of classically been the thing is that there's, you know, like 120 stars in each game. Sure. With Super Mario Odyssey, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. So there's kind of no way for them to all be, you know, some triumphant challenge. Sure, sure. And a lot of them are. Yeah. You can play through the game, you know, just getting the bare minimum and just getting, you know, the stuff that's right in front of you. Yeah. But... There's also a lot more to it, and 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 those moons, you know, those really are a challenge. And so I kind of I, I did reconcile kind of later on when I realized, like, okay, you know, th- this is not all just kind of being handed to me right now. That's that's fair, but on the flip side of that, so this there's there's two modes to the game. There's basically two difficulties, right? You got right. assist mode and you've got normal. And I feel like better than that would be like an easy or you know still have assist mode but then have an easy mode which is the game more or less as is now and then have a mode for people who have grown up playing 3d because i mean here's the thing the audience is huge now right Right. you've got people who grew up playing super mario bros on the nes people who grew up playing uh in 64 uh and and on and on um for the well, I'll use the term loosely here, older gamers like us <laughs> who have grown up with the franchise. The franchise, it doesn't, in this game, it doesn't feel like the franchise is growing with them. It feels like it's just catering to essentially the lowest common denominator, which sounds like a really horrible, it's like a really horrible way to put that now <laughs> right. that it's come out of my mouth. But I mean, like, it just doesn't feel like it's grown with, with the player base. Um, and I... I think that's just I I feel like that's a misstep, but I don't feel like that's a game breaking or anything because there are a lot of extra extra moons and stuff in the game too. So, well, you know, and I, and I think that that's something that's that really Nintendo themselves kind of needs to uh, you know realize is that you know those of us that were five six seven playing Nintendo sixty four are now, you know, are now, you know, close close closing in on 30 and still want to play a Nintendo. Yeah. And that's a big part of, you know, of their of their market. 
and and not only that, but you know, there's also you know people that were that age playing you know Super Nintendo or NES, and, yeah. and they're you know even older and they still want to play Nintendo. Yeah, and you know, of course, we do have you know there's there's they're always going to you know kind of cater to the younger generation. Sure. And, and that's part of what I like about Nintendo is because it's not all, you know, just some serious it, doom and gloom. Games. Exactly. Some big buff guy with a gun, you know, the same game that you've played 7,000 different times. Yeah. Like that's why I gravitate towards Nintendo. But I do think that they, they do need to realize that like, you know, a, a big portion of their player base are older gamers. And I, and I, and I think that they're making a good, push at that with the switch um, because yeah. there have been a lot of games that you would have classically never seen on Nintendo consoles. Definitely. Yes. Um, you know, maybe not like the 64, but like the, the GameCube Wii era, mainly the Wii era, mm-hmm. you know, where, where it was definitely more aimed at kids. Um, you know, you're not getting that with the switch. I mean, it's, it, it's a very grown up console. And I mean, honestly, it's, it's been my favorite video game console in a very, very long time. Yeah. But they just need to realize that, like, you know, the the older people that are still playing Nintendo, you know, we want a little bit more. A too. little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, you're right. They are taking a good step in and getting a lot more titles and more mature titles on the system. Uh, they need to, uh, yeah, I think, just think they need to take a step with their titles, too. And, you know, I'm not saying just make them harder, but get, put some kind of option or, you know, I mean... I just think I just think it can't be that hard to like, you know, remove remove right. half the moons or whatever from each level or whatever, and make it a little bit more challenging for people if they want it. So, and I mean, it's it, it's not even it's not even all of their titles because I mean, think about Breath of the Wild. I mean, you know, you, that's true. You're not getting that, that with true. Breath of the Wild or really even like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze or or you know games like that. I mean, it's just I think that they just kind of made a bad choice. I think. Because maybe their idea was, you know, okay, we, we, we have easy moons and then we have hard moons, you know, for the for the core players. Yeah. And blending that all together was probably just not the best idea. Yeah. It, do, it really doesn't take anything away from the game for me, but I can see how it would for others. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, I, th- I think that was, like, part of the reason, why I guess, why, like, again, it just felt like it was too easy. It was like, I, you know, I don't have to... Like, especially on the early levels, like, you know, I'm getting a lot of those extra moons on the levels, but it doesn't do me any good, especially because, like, each 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 level you go to, you just have to get X amount of moons from that right. level. It doesn't matter how many your total is. Even if you got 10 extra moons on the previous level, you need 10 more moons now. And and I that bothered me a little bit, too, because I felt like it should just be a number. Like, I need, just need to get X amount. Right. That's kind of how it was in... um. In sixty and uh, Super Mario sixty four, right? You know, you just gotta get X amount of stars to get through this door. So and yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's a little thing. I think it's just something they need to yeah realize and take to heart moving forward. Um, similarly, I felt like some of the like mini bosses or bosses were like really really easy, and then some were. of them were actually more challenging. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, again, maybe in a in a harder difficulty mode you can make the easier ones a little bit harder you know just just enough to be challenging and then make the challenging ones hard (laughs) but but that's you got to walk a fine line there so Uh, to be perfectly honest i mean 
I wouldn't really say that really any of the bosses have really ever been that hard in, in Mario games. I mean, there were a couple here and there. I mean, like King Boo in Super Mario Sunshine in, uh, in Hotel Delfino was really, really hard. And like, I mean, the third time that you fight Bowser in Super Mario 64 was really hard. Yeah. But I mean, typically they haven't been, you know, like an insurmountable feat. That's true. Well, and that it, it may that may fall into just you know making it a little bit more challenging for this season, right? Franchise veterans, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It's just a balancing act there, because yeah, I mean, you're right. Most of the, most of the bosses have not ever been terribly difficult. Um, yeah, so um, it was really weird to see normal proportion of people <laughs> in a mario game yeah but i, I gotta <laughs> say like because when i first saw the previews for odyssey um it definitely struck me as weird uh you know to be seeing that of course um you know after playing it and actually you know getting to new donk city and exploring around and whatnot i actually really ended up thinking it was pretty cool i mean you know to me i would say that new donk city was probably like one of the most perfect, you know, examples for for a, a platforming game that yeah ever. I mean, there there were so many secrets, there were so many really cool things that you could do. There were so many places to go. I yeah, mean, it was just an interesting setup there, I guess, on the whole. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just yeah, it 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 struck me as weird that you have this like short little very uh geometrically like round plumber guy running around with like all these normal looking people it, yeah definitely very weird i'm actually i so i'm I'm looking through that my my screenshots that i took um <laughs> when i was playing through that part of the game um i mean it's just okay so one thing that i really loved is like all of the uh the yes. like, little parts of the game where you go like to like original super mario yes. brothers yeah that is such a fantastic touch those were like actually probably some of my favorite parts yeah oh yeah and and you know it's probably just nostalgia factor but yeah i love those areas too yeah i don't know man i mean i, I... and see this is where it gets weird because again like during, while i was playing it like i was like oh god right i can't wait to be done with this right i can't wait and then i was done with it and i was like you know what that was pretty good so yeah i don't know it's just a it's a weird one for me Oh, do you have any other notes or anything else you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I, I think that's really a lot of what I wanted to say. I mean, you know, this Super Mario Odyssey, there was a lot on the line with this game. And I mean, it, it just, it didn't disappoint me. I think the only thing that I could have wished for is that maybe it was a little longer um, and maybe just a little bit more... But then you know I I say that and I and I haven't gone through you know each of the kingdoms and and got all and the gotten moves, all those extra you moves. know yeah so I mean I I can't really say that it is actually something on my to do list you know I, I I played through the game you know kind of I I, did, I definitely took my time but you know I did kind of you know I did want to finish it just so we could do this yeah um, but I really do want to go back after I'm done overdosing on jrpgs <laughs> <laughs> and get the rest of those moons i think um to conclude you know I, I i really loved this game i mean it it really did live up to you know all of those like childhood memories 
and uh, and it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, they did they did a really good job with the game. I mean, it looks great, it plays great. Um, I think overall, it I mean, does look it's great. really like a nine point five out of ten for me. Yeah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go that high. I'm not gonna put a number on it. I think that's fair. I think my recollections probably speak better for my experience. But I will say too that um, the story, just overall, the the kind of story arc. I mean, it's it's basic. You know, like you know, you're just tracking Bowser across eight kingdoms or whatever. <laughs> right. You know, but um, I mean, like the resolution stage or whatever, all the stuff that kind of happens like at right at the end of the game was really really cool too and. Uh, yeah, I just like overall, I, yeah, I mean, I really did enjoy it. Um, I, 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 it's so weird. Like it, it was tough to play, but, but I, but I did enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're, I think, again, I think like hype, it kind of, kind of bit me on this one. Like I was expecting like to just absolutely love it. It was going to be, I don't know, just a perfect game. I wasn't gonna, you know, whatever. I don't, and it, and it wasn't quite that, not that it wasn't bad, not that it was bad, but you know, it just wasn't what I was expecting, I guess. So, um, I think that, that bit me in the ass, but no, it was, it was really good overall. I'd still recommend it if you haven't played it yet. Anything else? We just need to talk about what we're doing next month. Yeah. So next month we will be doing a shining resonance refrain, this is uh, so. This is what I was not going to mention earlier. <laughs> I personally, this is another one that's got like childhood roots for me, um, because I loved Shining Force One and Two and Shining in the Darkness and whatnot on the old Sega systems back in the day. Um, and so there haven't played any of those. It's okay. We are in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there there has not been a Shining game in the West uh, since 1997 when Shining Force 3 came out on the Sega Saturn. 21 years ago? Yeah. Shit. I just time-stamped it. (laughs) Very, very exciting. I never really thought that I'd see this game come to the West, but alas, it has. And uh, I'm not going to say anything about it yet. Well, you'll have to... Hold it in. You'll have to tune in next time for that. Um, But there will be many, many, many thoughts and feelings about this game. All right. Sounds good. Uh, So that's the end of the show. Uh... I do want to mention real quick because uh, we didn't mention it earlier. If uh, if you want to get in touch with us or want to like listen to po- listen to this somewhere that you're not listening to it, uh, check out our website gotmpodcast uh, podcast That's b l u b r r y dot net. Um, you can subscribe on like literally almost everything from there, or you can listen just directly from the website. You can also leave comments and stuff and let us know what you're thinking. Or if you want to get in touch with us and recommend a game you can do it all there uh, you can also follow us on facebook at gotm podcast and everything that we post on the website gets uh pushed over there too so you can see when we've got a new episode out and everything from there as well um once again we do want to thank our host <laughs> evansville vandenberg public library evp all for central life. for uh, hosting us tonight <laughs> and uh that's it we hope you all come back for the next one with uh shining resonance refrain did i get that right you did okay good job because i totally brain farted during that part anyways <laughs> we hope you see we hope to uh, have you back next time we hope to see you next time yeah that's almost what i said but let's <laughs> try that again we hope you come back next time bye bye this party's over <laughs> <laughs>